Hey, everybody. Welcome, Day Drinkers. Uh, I'm Molly Fader. Uh, I write women's fiction as Molly Fader. Romance is uh, Molly O'Keefe, just in case you were wondering who I was. Um, and you're here to listen to Day Drinking with Authors. This is the podcast, the interview series where I pick a book, the author picks a drink, and we discuss both. There's no drink uh, tonight, but there is a really, really special and spectacular debut. Anna E. Collins is here to talk about her breezy and fun rom-com, Love at First Spite. Um, and I'm super excited to have her here. There's something really special about uh, debut authors and debut books um, that feels really special. So I'm excited to be able to talk to her. Uh, first, I'm going to read you the back cover copy because my mom likes that. So here we go. Love at First Spite. They say living well is the best revenge, but sometimes spreading the misery seems a whole lot more satisfying. That's interior designer Danny Porter's justification for buying the vacant lot next to her ex-fiance's house, the house they were supposed to live in together before he cheated on her with their realtor. Danny plans to build a vacation rental that will A, mess with his view and his peace of mind, and B, prove that Danny is not someone to be stepped on. Welcome to Project Spite House. That plan quickly becomes complicated when Danny is forced to team up with Wyatt Montego, the handsome, haughty architect at her firm and the only person available to draw up blueprints. Wyatt is terse and stern, the kind of man who eats a sandwich with a knife and fork. But as they spend time together on and off site, Danny glimpses something deeper beneath that hard veneer, something surprising, vulnerable and real. And the closer she gets to her goal, the more she wonders if winning revenge could mean losing something infinitely sweeter. That's quality romance right there. Let's bring in Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us tonight. Debut author. This is so exciting. I know. Well, thanks for having me. It's exciting How, to be here. So um, I was reading in your acknowledgments in the back of the book, and this book started as a pitch war? If, no, this was not a pitch wars book. Um, oh, really? It was... Yeah, it was not. Um, it was, I have a, a an awesome group of friends and fellow writers. Uh, we call ourselves Rompire. And it was a, a Rompire baby. It was, um, it was kind of a brainstorm. Uh, so, so the people in the group are from Pitch Wars, but it was not a Pitch Wars book. No. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you did, have you done Pitch Wars before? Yeah, I, I was in Pitch Wars in 2017 uh, with a uh, women's fiction book because that's what um, I've written mostly. Um, and yeah, 2020. Work, but, but this is the one that, that happened. So yeah, Spite Houses, yeah, which are which truthfully reading this book was the first I'd heard of it is a, is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's really out there, but there are people who are petty enough to <laughs> to go all the way. <laughs> so this book, the inspiration you read, you had read an article. Yeah, a few years back, I, I can't tell you what article it was, but I, I had read an article about spite houses around the world. There are several in the U.S. There's one right here in Seattle, um, and it's you know people who felt wronged in some way and had the means and opportunity to get, you know, their comeuppance on, on whoever they didn't, you know, brothers or spouses or whoever it was, um, and build a spite house. You can Google it and you see all these really nutso houses either built very close together or, um, you know, a very colorful building squeezed in between, between two others or 
I don't know. I found it fascinating enough to make a note of it in my list. Of, you know, I keep a list of ideas in my phone. And a couple of years later, when I needed something fun, you know, I, I like I said, I mostly write rom- or women's fiction. It was all I wrote. And 2020, I kind of needed something a little lighter. And um, <laughs> so going through my list, that was, you know, a note that stood out to me. And I felt like that could be a really good setup for a rom-com. <laughs> That's so interesting because you had, you'd read in your or you'd written in your author's note that you had wondered what happens when the building is done. Which right. Is, like, I mean, do they feel better? Are they like, I feel great. But then you're telling me that there are people who like make a point of, l- of letting other people know that they built these houses. Like they're, yeah. Wow. I, mean, I, I think that's, that was what was lacking for me um, in these stories, these articles about the, the spite houses is that you find out that why they built them, but then there's no follow-up, you know, did they become friends again? You know, did they tear down a house? What happened after? Like, I always wanted to know, was it a successful revenge? You know, right. did they feel satisfied in the end? Was revenge but, ever really successful? I like, that's, I don't that's know. such a good I don't question. Know. I loved how, um, um you handled it in the book and I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give away spoilers, but right. it's super, it's super satisfying in a lot of different ways. Like the revenge is, is, is gotten in, a, in an interesting way and people feel better, but people also move on. Um, was that, did you know when you started this book that that would always be the way that the book would end, that Danny's revenge would, would change shape like that? Um. I don't think I knew exactly how it would end. I I don't think I knew exactly how the twist would happen. Um, That was, I'm trying to remember now because it's been a couple of years. (laughs) Well, that's the part of the new book too. How long have you been working on this and how long? Um, Yeah. So I wrote this book in 2020 in the spring quarantine and all that um, and edited it the rest of the year and then it sold in the beginning of 2021. So it was a pretty quick thing, you know, um, the whole project <laughs> from start to finish um, because I was on sub with a couple of other books at the time, uh, women's fiction. So it, it, it was sort of a, a lucky shot in the dark yeah. <laughs> that worked. Right. The right kind of book at the right kind of time. Right. Yeah. And it was so, so much fun writing it too and just doing something different. Well, I was just going to ask, what what have you found in 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 writing a rom-com versus writing women's fiction? Like how, was it harder? Was it easier? Were you like, is this funny? <laughs> well, the pressure um, of rom-com. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely a different approach. Obviously, you know, if I approach a, a rom-com, I need to have my romance arc set in a different way most of my women's fiction have some sort of romance subplot, but it doesn't carry the story. So it's not as important. Um, but it's a challenge to to sustain a whole book on romance. I know there's a lot of prejudice against romance as a genre that it's, you know, simple or whatever. And it is really not. <laughs> like, it's really not. It takes a lot of um, intricacy, I think, to sustain a romance plot from the beginning to the end of the book. So it's a different plotting process for me. Um, I really enjoy the always having that one 
main character or the one hero, you know, the the second character to bounce back and forth. Cause usually in, in my women's fiction, it's a, it's a, a core cast. There's usually a, a one main character, but there's a core cast of that's a little bit bigger than just a couple, you know, mm-hmm. as in romance. So I like diving into their back and forths. Um, and that dynamic. That's such a yeah. good point about that it requires such um, intricacy. That is like the, that plotting a, a romance is so subtle, right? Like mm-hmm. the, it's, it's the shifts in internal changes, right. particularly in this one, because Danny's got a long way to go, right? She's got mm-hmm. a long way yeah. to go. And it's, it, you know, it doesn't happen in one big fell swoop. It happens in, in right. pieces bit by bit. Yeah. Um, and Wyatt too. I mean, he's complicated. <laughs> Wyatt is complicated. I, 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 I do want to talk about um, uh, Wyatt for sure. We love a tack turn hero, right? We love a, a stern faced kind of right. grumpy, what are his motives? <laughs> Does he even like me? Sort of yeah. thing. He is particularly delicious as you, as you peel the layers away. How did, how was, tell me how Wyatt, came to be and how he changed in the course of writing and editing this book. Yeah. So Wyatt, I have a, a soft spot for grumpy heroes, um, not grumpy heroes that are mean, but grumpy heroes where, you know, the, the heroes that you can tell right away as a reader that there's something hidden underneath. It's just mm-hmm. a veneer. Um, and I, I wanted him to be real. I wanted him to have his own issues and not just be this um, stoic know-it-all that Danny thinks he is in the beginning. So um, I always knew he was going to be have many layers, <laughs> you know, like an onion. Um, yeah. And um, I also wanted, it was important to me, um, I knew from the start that he was going to have, um, I don't know if I'm giving stuff away now. You're not. I was going to ask about it. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Really that, that he has uh, many ears disease, um, which my husband has uh, that. So, you know, I know firsthand what it's like to love someone who has many ears disease, who has a chronic condition that affects your daily life in various ways. So it was important to me to have the representation, but also because I think it's something that a lot of people haven't heard of. Um, not at all. Like I, right. it was, it's really, I mean, I, I hate to say fascinating, but it was, it was such a compelling character addition for this, for this story, for sure. Yeah. So, so that was, and it was important to me to do that justice. So, um, and not, I didn't want it on the page just to have it on the page, but to show how something like that can affect a person genuinely. Mm-hmm. but also the journey of coming to terms with it, you know? Right. And so I think that made him three-dimensional to me from the get-go because I knew that uh, my husband's very different from Wyatt. He's not that terse and stern type, but um, it was still, it, it was, it made the writing process fascinating for me because I got to put some of my husband into him and have it, but turn it on its head at the same time I, without giving too much away. It's just, sure. It, it, so he was really fun to write in that sense. Yeah. One of the other things that I really liked about him too, and that I, and that I, I remembered as I was reading your book about, you know, one of the things that I love about romance is um, 
so much of a satisfying romance is heartbreak, right? Like right. Is, is pain. And I feel like they have this, this section of the book where they are misunderstanding each other and hurting each other without really trying. And maybe sometimes trying to hurt each other, you know, like that, that is so makes it all so much sweeter. And I was wondering, um, did you, did you plot that going in? Was that something that sort of came out as you were working on it or was it an editorial change? Um, it was a combination of the two. Um, I actually lightened up that part in, in edits. Um, it was a little heavier to start with. And I think that's, you know, coming from writing women's fiction, I tend to dive deeper in things. So I lightened that section up a bit. Um, but I still wanted, you know, I know a lot of, um, when I read books, I don't, I don't typically like stories where a simple conversation can fix everything. And I know that there are readers who are going to think that about this book. Um, and all I can say is like when people have genuine heartbreak, it can take a lot for people to put words to that. And so I think some of the miscommunication is, you know, that's what happens in real life because people aren't just willing to put their heart and soul out on the table. If they're worried that a past hurt is going to occur again. Right. Um, so I always want, I always knew that there was going to be some miscommunication and misunderstanding based on them protecting their hearts and especially maybe Wyatt protecting himself. Um, I mean, Danny is protecting herself in, in a more um, external way uh, with her revenge scheme. So, and kind of holding on to that. And so they just have different ways of handling it. Yeah, I, the 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 argument from um, and I'm a reader that would often say this, like um, you know, if if a conversation can clear it up, then the conflict isn't real. But the reality yeah. is, is that a conversation will clear up most things, you know. Like, but how much depth is put into that conflict and into that heartbreak is what makes that conversation you know, a four part conversation and a grovel right. conversation. Um, one of the other parts that I really loved about the book was the kind of found family versus real family. And right. I thought Danny's parents' relationship was handled. I mean, cause that is something you could have like leaned into. Right. But you mm -hmm. handled it so deftly and it was, it is a relationship that we have all seen that we're all terrified of be, having, of being a part of. <laughs> You know, like, it, and, and, and how it affected her, I thought was beautifully shown and handled how, um, oh, thank you. Tell me, tell me the, the genesis for creating Danny's kind of backstory with, with her family. Yeah. Uh, I, I always like to go into my stories kind of knowing what the wound is for my characters. I feel like that's a good starting point to know where they're at in the beginning and, and where I want them to be at the end so that I know, you know, the healing process that has to take place. Right. So I felt like it couldn't just be Sam hurting her. Uh, it, Sam hurting her would have to be a secondary hurt to a deeper wound, but kind of recall that, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So um, I, I was wary of making her parents' relationship and their part in her life too big. So in the original version, it was toned down more than it is now. I added some more kind of nods to that in edits um, because I, I was, because this was my first rom-com. So I was very aware of not making it women's fiction. 
and right. sometimes to the detriment of, um, you know, depth. So there were some things there that I, because I, I didn't want the focus to be on her parents' relationship. That that would have been women's fiction. You know, I could write a whole mm-hmm. book about Danny and her parents, and that would be sure. that would be a completely different book. Um, but yeah, so so that was important. I, I knew I wanted it in there enough to show, you know, why is she reacting so strongly to the things that Sam had done? Not just you know the cheating, but how he how he treated her wishes and mm-hmm. um, you know them as a um, partners. Right. Uh, and why that kind of resounded so much within her in a negative way. Yeah, it was a nice echo. It was a really good echo that he Thank had you. a reason for why he stepped all over whatever she wanted. But, you know, he, she'd seen that too many times before. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Um, my, um, we are, I, I, our, um, we're kind of back down in lockdown in, in Toronto now. And uh, we all got covid over the holiday. So all of this to say is we've been watching so much HGTV. (laughs) We are love it or list it uh, fanatics over here. And I was just wondering, like, this is like an, if you you love romance novels and you love HGTV, (laughs) this is the perfect marriage. Was that like, was, was this how was like research was like, and yes, keep watching or, or, I mean, cause you get into permits and, you know, the rest of the nitty. Yeah. I mean, I used to be a huge fixer offer. You know, I watched all the time. I don't have cable right now, so I don't watch a lot of those shows. Um, so, so that was actually not super intentional with this. I knew there was going to be a house build and obviously she's an interior designer. He's an architect. Um, so there were just some, you know, a lot of Googling, my, <laughs> my, you know, fencing regulations and, um, plots and order you know the structure of or the the order of things when you build a house where do you put the the foundation versus the electricity and the insulation and in so that was kind of learn as you go yeah <laughs> like what yeah. a rabbit hole what a rabbit hole. oh for sure yeah um so you and I actually share an editor I don't know if you knew this Melanie is Melanie yes. is, is my editor as well and I have to say um one of the things I admire, I mean, there's so much to admire and be appreciative about what she brings to my books. But one of the things I really admire is that her her vision of the way a scene should move, like it always, it's like an arrow. Like I feel like one, I, I hand her this big fat blob and she just like cuts out all the fat and it's just, these scenes become these arrows. And it was interesting because I was reading your book and I was like, Oh wow, I can see. I mean, not, not to say that you weren't writing lean fast, oh, no. scenes, but I was just like, like uh, uh, the, the compliment of a page turner is it the hardest thing to write in the world is a book that's easy to read. You know, that you, you know what I mean? That you can't, you know, that you can't put down. And I feel yeah. like this, this book had that, that tension in it, that dynamic. How was your experience with, with Melanie? Was she doing the same sort of editorial process with you? Yeah. I think she has a really good eye for, um, for knowing where, like the comment I would get a lot was, um, the reader will infer this, like it doesn't need to be here. You know, I tend to insert too many rhetorical questions in my internal, um, dialogue for the character. And that's also kind of a, uh, from women's fiction where there's a lot more inner rumination going on. 
And so um, for me, it's like, well, I feel like that needs to be on the page. And then Melanie would show that if you take it out and you read through it, you will still get it from from the the line of dialogue or whatever mm-hmm. you know is before and after. And so that was a really interesting process. I tend to write pretty lean um, as I write my my drafts. It's and very linear uh, mm-hmm. when I'm drafting. Um, but I'd never thought of that you can you can overwrite with very small means. And I think that's the beauty of an editor that they can. It's not the big slashes. It's like those little yeah tweaks, you know, yeah. that make all the difference. Yeah, it's true. She has a real vision for the world you're trying to create, right? And mm-hmm. like the the weight, whatever. If it's you know too many rhetorical questions, or in my you know too many descriptions, or something like that, like the way right. it will snap that tension. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's just so invaluable. Um, so this is your first book. You are a debut author. How yes. has this process been and and to have writ- sold written and published all in the same pandemic <laughs> i know yeah i mean i guess the I mean, pandemic was good to me in that sense in in the midst of all the stress uh, no it was i mean it, it it's been very intense i actually had just gotten two of my women's fiction under contract before graden house picked up love at first bite so um i didn't know initially that this was going to be my debut um so last year was intense because i i edited this one and in my first women's fiction that comes out later this spring uh, so amazing congratulations uh, when it yeah, rains it <laughs> yeah so that's and the women's fiction is with a with a different a different publisher so it's been really interesting to kind of juggle the two fortunately i was able to focus on love at first bite first Mm-hmm. And then once I was done with that, I could switch into these number of days and do that. And then, yeah, it, it, it 2021 was intense, but in all good ways. Um, mm-hmm. So I, so that's how the process for me was. Initially, I thought my women's fiction was going to be my debut, and then when Graydon House picked up this one, that switched. And then um, it was a short. It was like an 11 month to pub date when when I started editing that. So that was also quick. That is um, really quick. Wow. Yeah. What a like what a crazy education you've had. Like in oh, terms of it's true. publishing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so as it's sort of un, un, unfurled, has it been surprising? Has it been has it been what you kind of expected? Has it been I mean, I know that you you have a, a strong writing community that's had um some success in publishing. So you, you certainly have um mentors kind of like yeah, helping you through, but like, how has the process been in terms of? Your I mean, I don't honestly, I don't know that I what kind of expectations I had. I didn't have many preconceived notions. Um, it's been interesting also working with two different publishers to yeah. see the difference in the process and also the difference between women's fiction and rom coms at the same time. And um, yeah, and then the updates and the the team at Graydon House has been so fantastic. You know, they, I'm just in awe, all the work that they do behind the scenes. And occasionally I'll get an email with a fun update and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is what's happening now. Um, so that's been amazing. And um, yeah, it, I mean, it really has been so much fun. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't really know how to, how to describe it. And, 
uh, fortunately, I had another book that I was rewriting in the fall. So I, I didn't have to just sit and wait because that was my between July and now it's pretty quiet for me. You know, mm -hmm. for the author, the last five, six months before pub, you, we're not doing a whole lot more than, you know, keeping up on social media and, and stuff like that. So um, all of a sudden it was January. I don't know where December went. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so what is next for you? Like what, what can we look forward to? So, um, next is, um, I have a women's fiction called these number days that's coming out with Reddit up publishing in spring. I don't have an exact date yet. Uh, so that's a complete departure from the rom-coms. So, um, these numbered be, days, is that what it's called? These numbered. Yeah. These number days. Um, and currently there is a, I don't know how much to say about that, but there's a, I've written a second rom-com. Is it, it is, Mia's book? What? Is it the cousin's book? It, it's not related. It's a, it's a separate, I know. Oh, readers are going to want her book. God. Oh my goodness. Oh. She is a delight. She, yeah. Mia, she had, she was one of those uh, secondary characters that comes out of the blue I mean, she had, she had all the one-liners, <laughs> like we, we really want to see her happy. Too. So, maybe, so. maybe in the future. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good, so, good. So we'll see what happens with the second rom-com. It's, it's in the process. That's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, well, it's so nice to hear like good, lovely success stories from debut. Yeah. It get, like it, it should be fun and it should be exciting and a, you know, a real learning um, experience. I feel like you've, you've managed to get all those yeah. experiences. It's been really amazing. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me tonight. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to these numbered days and whatever else you've got coming out, please keep us informed. Everybody okay. out there, uh, stay safe, read a book, have a drink, get vaccinated. Good night. <laughs> Good night.